This is episode 57 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gilmer. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my Extraordinary Women friends. Wow, what a couple of weeks I've had. Last week was a packed house for my Extraordinary Women Connect event that featured Tommy Wolf, Mia Voss, Angela Myers, and Vivica Von Rosen, such movers and shakers in the world of marketing and entrepreneur land. Tell you what, I was really blown away. And certainly women who are building businesses around doing what they love. I think it was just so inspirational to see the kind of of work that they're doing, how they've built businesses around things that they're just passionate about. And that's something that I truly, truly believe in. If you haven't heard Tommy or Mia's Extraordinary Women Radio interviews that I did last month, I highly recommend taking some time to scroll back through the May episodes and take a listen, as they are both women who have so much wisdom to share. And I'll be bringing interviews with Angela and Vivica in July, so watch for both of those. Angela is a world-renowned author. She's an international keynote speaker and an educator, and she focuses on two words, you matter. Um, that's such a... It, I, it just touches my heart when I think about you matter because I, I feel so aligned to that. And then Vivica is on the Forbes top 50 social media influencer and the Forbes top 10 women in social media list and has been named as one of LinkedIn's top 25 social media experts. So both of them have a ton of wisdom to share with us and those interviews will come out in July. But all of these women in a room together, along with all the extraordinary women attending, we had one rocking room. And I love these events. The, the connection, the conversation, it just makes me such a happy girl. And then this past weekend, I had my annual equine vision journey retreat with my herd of soulful horses guiding some very extraordinary women to their what's next. It was magical. It was mystical. The women were there was a whole lot of self-discovery of women owning their voices and how they want to matter. And it's really tr truly some of my favorite work that I get to do with my clients. It takes them deep. And one, it's, it, it goes, we go deep, but also because we're out in nature with the horses, the smells of summer, we had deer, we had birds, and such a strong community of women helping one another. And they are stepping into work that they're meant to be delivering into the world. I think that's the big thing. So you see these big shifts that women are taking and it's powerful stuff. And it was a perfect way to move into my summer, especially after the whirlwind of the past several months of my life. It was much needed breath of fresh outdoor air that literally felt like it opened up a new door into this Monday, giving me space to reconnect to everything that I want to make happen in this year and the vision of the full year. There's so much coming in the second half of the year, but I've been very focused on these events as they were coming up. And it was really time to shift my focus into a much broader expansiveness. So 
summer is such a perfect time to do that. The energy of summer just works for me. I don't know about you, but it's like a big reset button. I love to work out on my deck in the sunshine with the, the smell of my freshly planted flower boxes that I did on Sunday, all 20 of them that line my deck. And some of the most, some of my very most creative ideas have been born on that deck. If you haven't had an opportunity to do any deck brainstorming this summer season, I highly recommend you try it out. Just set up your computer on your deck and um, enjoy the sunshine and all of nature that's around you. I think you'll find that you can get some great creative thinking happening when you do that. So I've got a pretty full summer of speaking engagements starting up this week, including speaking at the Women of Denver quarterly networking party with Crystal Covington, today's Extraordinary Women radio guest. I'll be on the panel this coming Saturday evening at the party, and I'm very fortunate to rejoin Crystal and the Women of Denver on June 21st at their monthly meeting where I'll be speaking about the brand of you, igniting your presence, purpose, and profile as a change maker. Check out their website at www.thewomenofdenver.com for more information on both those events. They're going to be fabulous. So I'm so excited to feature Crystal here on Extraordinary Women Radio today. Crystal is the founder and CEO of Women of Denver. The organization launched in 2014 with five women around a coffee shop table I love that kind of a story and now has hundreds of active members. It's been a lot of fun watching women of Denver grow. Crystal is a PR and branding expert and has led the launch of multi-million dollar projects and has worked directly with leaders of companies ranging from startup to fortune 500. She is a TEDx presenter. She's a national speaker and trainer, and she's a regular Forbes contributor. You are going to love Crystal. Let's meet Crystal Covington. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Crystal. It's so great to have you join us. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you again. Yeah, I know. It's really been fun getting to know you more this year. You got to join us at the Extraordinary Women Connect event. And and I was, it was actually last fall, wasn't it, as a Circle of Inspiration facilitator. And it was just so much fun to have you join us. And now this weekend, I'll be on your panel at the Women of Denver Quarterly Networking Party. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. And then again, on June 21st, I'll be your featured speaker. So I I just thank you for all the things that you're putting out in Denver. I love all the energy of the, the Denver women's groups that's going on right now. It's, I think Denver just feels like a happening place to be when it comes to the world of entrepreneurs and women. Yeah, it really is. And I love the collaboration that goes on. I have this year, because in previous years, I mean, I've been so stringent with my um, events calendar and everything. I didn't open up for partnerships. And then I, I, I realized I'm kind of a jerk. I'm like, these people are reaching out. <laughs> so I've been doing more partnering this year with events and really getting to meet more of the other women um, leaders who are running women's organizations here in Denver. It's just amazing to have such a collaborative community. We all just want to help women and we all just want to, you know, support in our own way. And so we all were kind of, I feel like it's just a really amazing group of people um, just putting forth energy I know, I know. It's it's fun to be part of it, and it's I. It's interesting you use the word collaboration because that was instantly the word that came up for to me came up for me as well. And it's it's 
there's so much power in that collaboration. And it's like everyone uplifting one another. And it's just beautiful. It really, really is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this has been an exciting year for you. You've been, you just launched your Women of Denver magazine this earlier this year. And on top of all of the the Women of Denver events that you're doing. So first of all, congratulations on the launch of the magazine. That's been really fun to watch. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you having fun with it? I love it so much. I will say though, it, it, it was the biggest learning experience. I'm one of those people and I rarely meet people like me. Most people I feel like are calculated and they think about things and they say, oh, is this going to work? I just say, I want to do this and I do it. (laughs) And I don't have a clue on the consequences. I think if I knew what goes into everything that I was going to do, that's how I ended up with Women of Denver. If I had a clue as to what was going to, what this all would entail, I would have probably not done it. But once I get into something and I say, I want to do that, and I have this problem with failure, I will not. You <laughs> won't fail. You're, you're yeah. going. <laughs> but isn't that true, though, with all entrepreneurial things? If we knew what it was going to be like, you know, starting companies, doing what we do, putting things out into the world, we probably would hesitate a lot. So I love the, that, that wisdom of not knowing all of the details that it's going to take, but we, we jump in and we go anyway and we say, Mm -hmm. we're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Just go do it. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Don't calculate anything. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's some wisdom to that, right? Totally. I love it. I totally love it. And you've been invited to be the interview host at the Women's Foundation of Colorado annual luncheon this fall, interviewing Billie Jean King. How exciting is that? I know, right? I get to go, I get to sit next to someone who I've only seen in movies and, and on TV interviews. And it it's one of those things where every now and then I think about it and I go, oh man, I'm going to get to meet Billie Jean King and talk to her in front of a lot of people. <laughs> in front of about 3,000 people. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. Yes. I told, I remember telling my dad and I had no, I you know I didn't know if he knew who Billie Jean King was or anything like that. He's not into tennis, right? But you know, I said, Dad, you know, I have this thing. I'd like you to come and you know see me at this year. So I'm wondering if you want to come to it. And he's like, Okay, what is it? I said, Well, I'll be interviewing Billie Jean King on stage. And he's like, Billie Jean King. <laughs> I said, oh, you know who she is? He says, yeah, I watched that competition where she beat that man's butt. He said, I needed her to, I needed her to win because he was just such a bully. It was unnecessary. Like he got so into it. That was a (laughs) moment in time. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. And so he'll be coming out for it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. How (laughs) exciting. And where's he coming from? From Michigan. Nice. Nice. And that's where you're from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My yeah. whole family's there. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you're just in the flow, my friend. You really have been. And it's been so much fun watching everything that you're, you're putting out into the world. I'm really, really honor what you're putting out into the world. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in finding one's flow and not being in the, the constant push. And I get a sense that you are in this, this flow right now. Do you feel that in your life? I feel like I've been in a flow for a couple of years now. So yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's helped you get there? 
I think I just started realizing um, what I wanted and starting saying, started to say yes to that and delete things from my life, you know, yeah. push that little delete button and getting rid of things that don't feel like a fit. And it's just an energy thing. I don't know if I just, um, I think once you get exposed to the things that feel right, it's a constant fight to stay in the things that don't feel right. So it's actually harder to do things that don't feel in flow. Right, right, right. And so you, you can feel that difference. And I mean, wh- where are you feeling that in your, in your, in your body? How, what, tell us a little bit more about that. I basically see it as when I feel, I don't even know how to describe it well, but it almost feels like anxiety. I mean, anxiety is something we all face as entrepreneurs or as mm-hmm. leaders or whatever role you're in, you're going to feel that. But I feel like it's a heightened sense of anxiety and discomfort. My whole body is uncomfortable when I'm in the wrong place. Right. And I know for the people that are like me 10 years ago, even five years ago, I didn't believe in all this woo-woo stuff. It sounds woo-woo. It sounds like, oh, she's talking, you know, weird stuff. But it is a real experience. Totally. totally. When you're doing something that really is in alignment with, is not in alignment with who you are and what you're really um, your true purpose is and, you know, what really fits you. If you think of it like that, it just feels horrible. You don't right. feel good. You're not experiencing life in a beautiful way. And when you're doing the things that do feel good, it's like time just, it feels like time feels different. You, you experience life with more fullness. You're just energized. It's right. a different experience of life. Right. And you had to learn to let go or release, I would think, um, to get into that flow is it, you know, this letting go of the things that are there, but they're hard, but there, there's probably opportunity in some of those things that you had to release. Is that true? Of course there's certainty in what I was taught is what to go after. I mean, just basic things like, uh, you know, people that were in my life that I felt were leaders and that told me what I should be doing or how I should be doing things. And it's very hard to go against that when you say, okay, well, these are the people with the wisdom, but to go against that wisdom means letting go of the belief that they have all the answers for me Mm. and believing that (laughs) I have the answers for me. Isn't that awesome when you actually realize you have answers within you that you just have to tap into? I think it's an important evolution and I know that not everybody gets there. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's so wonderful when you learn to trust that inner wisdom and, and follow the signposts that show up in your life. Um, just that are so beautifully given to us if we just pay attention. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you came from Michigan. Can you tell us more about your upbringing and just how you came about philosophies in your life? I had to think about this a lot as I was, um, in the, upcoming Women of Denver magazine, I actually challenged myself to tell my story. And I don't Mm. like to do that a lot because I always felt like it's not about me. None of this is about me. But it Um, is. Your story is important, right? Yes. And people (laughs) want to know the story behind the person creating these things. Yes. So it's, it's hard to 
to, to believe in that for myself. Um, but I, I, you know, I took the time to create that story and really think about it. And so it's been on my mind and I, I feel like there's so many ways I could go with it, but I explored a little bit about where my family came from and the things that they instilled in me. You know, I watched my, my parents were really hardworking people. I'm sure everybody maybe feels like that about their parents, but I really feel like my parents, you know, they were really hardworking people. They taught me some really interesting lessons and, you know, like reflecting on it, my father was a factory worker, but he was also an artist and he lived, it's, it's like he was living in these worlds where he, you know, there's so many lessons to be learned from his journey of, you know, having this job and then also having these passions. And, you know, there was artwork all over the house that was created by him and it was a beautiful thing. And he used to take me to museums. And so I feel like the appreciation of art and the creation of art has come from him. And then also this sense of knowing that where I make my money is less important than how I make sure that I'm expressing myself. Mm -hmm. Are you an artist, Crystal? I would consider myself that my, the way I express art has changed over time. I used to do these drawings and things like that. And, um, and now it's evolved into things like the magazine. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun designing that, you know, just things like that. They feed me. Nice. And even making jewelry at home. I have not done that in a long time, but I had to sit myself down and force myself to do some things that I love to Mm -hmm. re-energize. And I've Mm -hmm. been doing that lately and really enjoying it. You know, I I have a family of artists myself and I had to really go deep for my own artistry. And I have done pottery over the years off and on and just recently picked it back up again. And it's just getting my hands into the mud and, Mm -hmm. and being in something that is just creative and you can just kind of fall into and go into is so powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you grew up with your dad working, being your mom and dad working, being real hard workers, your dad being an artist. So keep telling us that story. Yeah. So, and, and they pushed me, you know, my mother, a, a lot of the reason, sometimes I reflect and just ask, how did I learn to do this or that? And a lot of it came from her just training me. Even basic things, um, you know, that she taught me how to dress. You know, how should a woman dress to be professional? How should a woman speak on the phone? How should you present yourself in a business environment? And then um, one of the things that I uncovered when I was writing my story for the magazine was about watching her. So she was um, very much into church and okay. we went every week. And she was the person that after the off, the tithes and offering with, were taken in church, she would go back and I would help her um, and she would count the money. And she was basically the church accountant, I suppose. But I learned the art of volunteerism and really having a place and a part in the things that you are participating in. I've been a volunteer my entire life, always participating in things. And it's, it's part of where I get my sense of self really is how, how am I giving? What am I doing? What am I doing to help the systems that I'm a part of to run well? What am I doing to help the people around me to, to live better? And so I think I got that from her. And then the, you know, from both of them, just the sense that I am um, a, a, a 
what do you call it? A, uh, not a leader. Cause I didn't think of myself necessarily as a leader, but as a role model, that's what it is. That concept that you need to see yourself as this role model and showcase to the world what you want them to see and have that model of who you are. And I really did um, growing up have, have a deep sense of who I am and my place in the world mm-hmm. as this role model to my sisters and then all the people around me. Nice. So you had, and where did, I mean, that sense of knowing who you are as a person, how did that come about? I think part of it came from my family and what they believed about me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wonder where they even came about that. Why did they think I was who I was? But I almost feel like people around me protected me and they were preserving me for something. You know, they mm-hmm. told me that I was um, somebody that was supposed to do the right thing. I was someone who was supposed to get great grades. I was supposed to participate in school programs and volunteer. And, you know, I was the kid that would stay after school and wash the board when we had chalkboards still, Mm -hmm. you know, that was my world. And then I remember in the silly sense, I mean, it's, it's, it was real to them, but people saying, oh, I would love to you to, for you to marry my son someday. I was wifey (laughs) material. You know, so I, I had that identity of being this person who has this, you know, wifey material label and trying to live into it. So it was probably mostly other people's expectations because who was I at that point to really know um, what made sense for who I should be? It was just kind of playing into this identity that had been given to me and um, from the people around me just basically believing in me. And even when I tried to do things that were, you know, in a sense bad or be around those things, I remember people, um, having alcohol, um, the, the first time I experienced alcohol around me and no one in my group would let me drink it. I, they said, Oh, let's pass the bottle around. You have to bless the bottle. So everybody has to like touch the bottle or something. And then I said, okay. And they said, no, you can't touch it. And the, (laughs) <laughs> and the friend I rode there with drank a whole so much of it that she fell off her bicycle. But I couldn't. But you it. couldn't drink any of it. That's funny. Right. That's it was funny. almost a, like they were protecting me, um, protecting who I was, protecting that identity because they also probably needed me to be that person. Yeah. So you you but you mentioned earlier. You said you didn't see yourself as a leader. Um, what makes you a leader now? What's, what's helped you step into that leadership role that you're in, um, despite the fact that you didn't at one point see yourself as a leader? I didn't see myself as a leader because I, I know that leadership is intentional. Mm-hmm. I never was intentional about leading people in terms of giving people philosophies to follow, giving people a reason to do and act. I think a leader gives people almost like assignments. They tell you what to do. They bring you into something, a movement, um, you know, an activity, whatever it is. And I wasn't doing that. I was just existing in the world and living my own life. And I would have really considered myself a loner just because I'm that introvert. So I spent most of my time alone, um, still do spend most of my time alone and had never really seen myself or had a, had a, it even had anything that I wanted to 
encourage other people to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm a leader now just because I do have philosophies. I have things that I want to see people do. I have changes I want to see people make. And I'm asking them, come do this with me. Mm-hmm. Come follow this path with me. And that's what makes me a leader now. It, because there's purpose behind it. There's there's something yeah. that is saying, this is what I, I want to make this difference. I, I see opportunities out there. Come join me on this. I want to make this impact. Is that true? Yes, that's exactly it. That's my philosophy on leadership is leaders encourage people to participate in things. They bring people into something. Um, if you're not doing that, I feel like you're not leading. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. I watched your um, TED talk today and which was awesome. And you were talking about in your TED talk, how they're going to your very first networking event mm-hmm. and just the, the, the terror that you felt in going to a networking event. Yet now you are leading, you know, you are leading networking events with hundreds of women attending. And, um, what shifted there? Oh, so much training. (laughs) I had to break through every barrier. And even when I first started Women of Denver, I still wasn't comfortable. I had done, so I worked for a person who um, basically challenged me to be an event leader. So I was an event host so I was always planning events and things like that, but I would stay on stay on the outside. I planned mm-hmm. it. You're here. Everything's great. The food's over there. The wine's over there. Have a great time. And I would stand over on the side and talk to the caterer or something. But I remember the first time that my boss, he was a CEO of the company, he so there were two instances that I remember that really stuck with me. But the first one was I was at one of the events that I had put on and he said to me, Crystal, you're standing over here talking to me. And I said, well, yes. He says, you should be talking to your guests. And I had never even considered that I should be doing that. (laughs) And then the second time that really stuck with me that he kind of scolded me was when I had, um, been asked to go in his place to go to an event. And he gave me an assignment. He said, go to this networking event, Crystal, and I need you to go meet this politician, um, shake his hand and, you know, give him this message. Mm -hmm. And I I was doing business development basically. And so I go, I find the politician, I shake his hand and I said what I was supposed to say to him. And then I sat in a corner and ate some food and left. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I came back and he said, okay, who did you meet? And I said, I met the politician you told me to, and I gave him the message you said. And he's like, who else did you meet? No one. And that was another scolding. He kind of was training me. He was educating me on what does it mean to really be an impactful networker. And so I had to learn it through that. And so it was those experiences and wanting to prove myself that I can do this. um, That really helped me to be able to do that effectively and manage my energy as well. Cause when you're an introvert, you have to really manage that energy. Cause I can go into something and then, you know, be exhausted for days because I spent all that time networking and, and connecting. But now I have an, um, tactics for energy management. I know what I'm doing. And then I know how to be impactful and charismatic to the people that are there when I'm experiencing the networking. 
Right, right. And I totally get it because I, like you, I'm an introvert. And um, I know when I first started going to different events and, um, you know, even coming from my corporate world, I had, I had instances where I, it was easy to hide behind something, but once you become an entrepreneur, it was, I needed to be out in the forefront. Mm -hmm. I could not be on the background anymore. And so learning to, you know, make connections and make meaningful and real connections with people is so important. And I, and you said to me that, you know, being an introvert actually makes you a better network builder as the founder of Women of Denver. So tell us a little bit about that. What is it about that you had that, that being an introvert that really makes you good at being that connector now today? I really think that when you have a deficit in something, you actually have to learn how it works in in the technical sense. So I became technical when it came to networking. I learned networking from books, from books like The Charisma Myth, from books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that helped me understand influence, how people are influenced, how people connect with one another. And so at one point I was calling myself the connection expert because I was like, I'm an expert at how this connection thing works, how people get connected. Mm -hmm. I even spent my undergraduate program um, studying everything there was to know about social psychology Mm -hmm. and just understanding how social groups function. And so because I had to be so technical, I always have an eye out for how that works. Mm -hmm. And I tried to create something that is different um, in the way it functions. So in traditional networking, I don't even still to this day survive very well. If I don't know five or more people in the room, I'm just going to stand on the sidelines, eat some celery, and then walk out. (laughs) Still going to do that. That has not changed. But experiences like what you do at Extraordinary Women Connect are what I can handle, where you have people, you know, have conversation topics. Those are the things that I was really impressed when I saw you do that because I said, oh, this woman's like me. And maybe it's the introvert thing because you're very technical too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think there, I mean, that, that was a way that it felt comfortable for me was to create conversations that are meaningful because I actually don't like events where it's just, it's surface level. I want people to be able to go and connect at a level that connects at a heart level, right? That, that it brings the heart into the conversation that, that has allows people to find something that is a shared story. And that can be so powerful. And I think as introverts, I think the other thing that we do well is we listen well, because we don't need to be the one that's always talking. And so that's another, I think, talent that we can bring as as um, people that are building connections with others and helping build connections is, is that good listening capability. Very true. And not just listening to your partner, but just listening to the group and understanding what's happening mm-hmm. in the experience around. I feel like it just creates a heightened awareness of right. um, what's happening around us. Right. So let's talk about your public relations work that you are doing all around the world. You're not just doing this in Denver. Let's, t- let's tell us a little bit more about what you're doing there. Um, I am a PR 
person for lots of different brands. And and yes, they are all over the world. My favorite right now, because I'm really slamming it. <laughs> I'm really winning right now with my client that's in Hong Kong. And nice. Um, I actually didn't think that it was going to work out very well at first. I thought, oh gosh, I'll give it a try and see how it works. And um, I just received praise the last couple of days and they want me to take on um, some other brands that they work with as well. So it's been a really interesting ride because I never um, really knew that PR would ever be on my list, mm-hmm. but I'm a good communicator and I, I understand. So my husband w- went to school for broadcasting and then he ended up going into broadcast. And so he worked for a few years in radio and then I've, both of us have had podcasts. We've, you know, I, I write for Forbes. I, you know, have all these experiences. So I'm able to take what I know about how people get on the, on the mind of the, of these folks who, who present content and, you know, get them interested in my clients. So because I have that mindset, I'm able to succeed. One thing that has been interesting is I have, have had a tough time with hiring staff for it because not everybody has that mindset. And for my clients, it's really important to get consistent. A lot of people will hire a PR firm. And I get this a lot where people say, well, I hired this PR firm and I don't trust PR anymore because they didn't get me anything in six months. And so I say, you won't get that experience with me. And I'm able to get them a lot of really um, amazing opportunities and features on a regular basis versus having them wait six months and get nothing. Mm -hmm. Or somebody recently said that she worked with someone for um, three months and paid them like $1,000, she said. And all they got her was they got an article that she wrote um, submitted to a business journal. And she could have done it herself. Right. So my philosophy with, with that is I know PR is expensive and I don't want to waste people's PR dollars on not getting mentioned. So I'm going to get them as much as I can. And it's very different, I think, than most PR people because I realize that they are looking for this special big fish, you know, and if they haven't gotten that big fish, they're not going to present anything else as an opportunity. And I just present all opportunities and, and give them lots of chances to get mentioned and keep building up the momentum because one nice. thing I one thing I've noticed even with my own brand is that the more small mentions b- build up to bigger mentions as well so you, oh, that makes I, sense yeah I learned that from watching that Bob Berg guy um <laughs> I don't know him <laughs> his name is Bob Berg I had actually learned about him because of another organization here in Denver that focused on his philosophies. They're called Certus, and they were built on the philosophy of the go-giver, and that book was written by Bob Berg. So I followed him. Okay, okay, I know the book. Yes, and I've seen him do anything. So he takes anything. I've seen others as well that are big-time um, big time writers that have done interviews with just random YouTubers with 100 views a video, and they are sitting in this person's house. I thought it was so funny the first time I saw something like that, but those things all add up and those people have a network in those, you know, so that's my, my view of it is PR people should be getting lots and lots of opportunities, not just looking for some, you know, in six months, one mention in Forbes, that's like one sentence quote. Right. 
Right. I like that approach. I really do. And many of our listeners are building their personal professional brands, really trying to put their voices out into the world in ways that matter, right? That's what they're, they are doing. They have important things to say. What's that most important advice that you give women to help them be seen and to help them be, to help their voice and their causes be heard in the world? Speak it. Speak it. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful, right? Go speak it. <laughs> Go speak it. Put yourself out there, write, make videos. Um, you know, a lot of the brand that I've built was created by just um, talking on social media. I've gotten speaking engagements just from people who found me through following me on, on a social media site and liking what I've said. And then I make thousands of dollars off of a speaking engagement, you know, because I was just putting myself out there and they resonated with that. Right. And that's my biggest lesson to people. A lot of the times they think, oh, I need, um, I, I teach a lot of people that they don't need me as a PR person. They'll come to me and they'll say, well, how can you help me? And, you know, if they're not ready, you know, the first step for them to get them ready is to just start talking about themselves and get comfortable with it. How can you even hire someone to talk about you when you don't talk about you? Right. So if somebody's not out there talking about themselves, putting their message out in the world already, that that's where you would direct them. Go do it. Exactly. Go do it. And just think about you know, what your philosophy is as well, because you have to have a story. So one of the things that is important in PR to get yourself some more opportunities to really brand yourself and put yourself out there is just knowing your philosophies, especially in relation to what's going on in the world right now. How are your philosophies connected to what's going on in the world? And start sharing that because those are the things that people talk about. That is newsworthy. That's what's going to get you written about. That's what's going to get people to want to interview you. That's what's going to get you even on television is those philosophies. That tie to something that's going on in the world today, something that you're passionate about, something that, that, you know, I always um, ask people, well, what's making you angry right now? What do you want to change? And that gives them some, a way to, 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 to step into talking about what they stand for in relationship to something that they're passionate about. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question to lead into um, a conversation that is newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good. That's, that's useful. So what do you want for the women who are under your leadership, Crystal? You're, you're leading a lot of women right now. Um, yeah. you're, you're giving them new pathways. What is it that, that um, you want for those women? I want the women that are watching me in any capacity or being a part of the things that I've cre- I'm creating to value themselves. Mm. That's the biggest lesson I think I can share is to value yourself. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. And it's so important right now that women trust that they were given the gifts that they have, the strengths, the talents, the passions of who they are, and that there's something for them to, to do with that. You know, there, there's, there's a reason they were given those talents and, and, and to step up in ways that they're being called to step up into and to, to give voice to the things that 
they want to have voice behind, right? It's like so often women have have kind of stood by the sidelines and it's now is not the time for women to be standing by the sidelines. Oh yes, this is our time. I watch television and I'm just looking at the even just little basic things like TV shows coming out and how they have all these really strong female leads. It's time for women to take that strong female lead. And people are looking for us to do that right now. So, you know, tap into that, be part of that. And there's so much mentorship happening right now. Mm -hmm. So many opportunities, just the beginning of our conversation, talking about all these women's organizations and how we're connecting to one another. That is just another statement of the movement that we're in right now. And it just, it's something that people need to be tapping into. If you're a woman, you need to be tapping into these networks of women who are helping and supporting each other. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's next for you, Crystal? After this year, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, at this point, I'm planning for the rest of the year. All of the next Women of Denver events are planned. I have just little things to do, like finding speakers for the next Badassery in the Boardroom in October, but everything is done. I am just closing it all out, helping, you know, creating the promotions for everything, um, you know, looking to be more strategic in the next year with who I want to be and how I want everything that I do to be represented. I've been partially strategic and now I'm really excited to, you know, have a real strategic plan for the first time. And yes. And you have, I mean, you have such a solid foundation to move from. And so it's really listening and tuning into what is it that's calling to you that, that, that vision of what can be next with all of this. It'll be fun to see where that, where that, how that unfolds. Yes. It's fun. Yeah. So where can our listeners learn more about you and Women of Denver and and your work? So about me at crystalcovington.com, crystal with a K. Mm-hmm. And then you can learn about Women of Denver at thewomenofdenver.com. Don't forget the the in the beginning. <laughs> okay. Very good. And um, so, and you've got an event coming up this weekend, your quarterly, your big quarterly, this is your, a big event for you that you do four times a year, your quarterly networking party, right? Yes. So June 9th from five to eight at the PPA event center is the quarterly networking party. Mm-hmm. And I get excited and nervous every time because people don't buy their tickets until the last minute. So I'm just, <laughs> the, the whole week, I'm just like <laughs> going crazy every time. It's a very interesting, uh, uh, perspective for people who get to see me during quarterly party weeks. Um, and, uh, oh, I forgot your other question. Well, I was just the, the, the event that you have coming up. So I just wanted to make that, make that known. And then I'm speaking at your June 21st event, which will be fun as well. So excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. So the final question that I always do at the end of these interviews is, is what three pearls of wisdom can you leave with our audience today? So I had to think about this, um, and what I came up with is take yourself seriously. Mm. What, I'm, what I mean by that is I spent way too many years saying things like, I'm, ju- I'm just, 
or it's just when I'm talking about the things that I've been doing, oh, it's just this little networking thing. It's just a passion project or I'm just, I would say I'm just an administrative assistant or whatever my role was at that time. And I think it's important for your confidence to really take yourself seriously and remove that just. Oh, I like that. And just be. That word just makes everything smaller, right? Exactly. Um, And the next one is to have a plan for the lows of life. And I thought of this today because I know that I ride these highs and lows. And there's a a family member who always repeats, you know, um, never ride the highs and lows. And so what I mean by that is I feel like life goes in waves, just like sounds, just like water. And it's expressed in a, in, in a bunch of waves of ups and downs. So you have your days where everything's going great. Oh my gosh, I've got so much stuff going on. I've got this promotion at work. I just got this great deal. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, oh my gosh, my dog is sick. Oh my gosh, my car is squeaking. What's going on with it? Oh my gosh, I don't feel good. I think I have indigestion. Why is this happening all at once? And that is always going to happen. It's just part of the routine of life. So if you just have that in your mentality, knowing that it's always going to come up, then you can plan better and then have ways to ground yourself um, when the lows come. So just know, okay, this is just a period of time. I'm going to get through this Mm -hmm. and have those things that you do that ground yourself. Yes. Yes, I, I so agree with that. I mean, we we will always have things that are coming in and we have to learn to listen to what do we need at that moment to move through that space quickly so we, we are back into that flow again. Exactly. And then the last one is to give people the opportunity to choose you. Mm. So I think this is another one in our confidence where we take ourselves out of the running for something. And, you know, I've been seeing people do it even in things, whether it be a job or or friendship or even love. And Brene Brown talks about these things a lot in that people will not see themselves as deserving and they take themselves out of the running. I've seen people that don't believe they deserve love and they don't allow someone the chance to love them they back away they walk away when it looks like somebody's about to feel that way about them when somebody's about to appreciate them they walk away when somebody's about to praise them they walk away and they don't accept it they stop it and so something that's really important is knowing that that's something that you might be capable of and giving those people anyone around you the opportunity to choose you and not turning it away love that that's a that's a beautiful one um, I like I like the twist on the words that you used with that so that's that's a good one thank you thank you yes well thank you for this wonderful interview and I look forward to seeing you Saturday evening um, it's going to be a fabulous night and um, thanks so much for everything that you're putting out into the world Crystal thank you Cammy, for all you do oh you bet have a good day you like this episode of extraordinary women radio if you did please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love the dreams and the inspiration are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life i invite you to take the your next bold move quiz at cammygelner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter 
You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.